Welcome, everybody, back to another episode of the Balcony Chatter podcast. I am your host, Andrew McKenney, with my co-host, Tim Taylor, today. And we are joined by a guest as well. Uh, most of you will probably know him as the Boston Brit on Instagram. We're joined today by Nathan Mundy. Uh, thank you for joining us, man. I really appreciate you taking some time. No worries, man. No worries. Thank you for, thank you for having me on. I know that it's uh, it's getting a little bit late on your end, so so definitely appreciate that too. I'm here on the Eastern time, and Tim's on you know California time, so we're on all different time zones. And this is a pretty global yeah <laughs> recording here. This is yeah, we got a lot covered. This is the most ground we've had covered. Or no, I guess we had a uh, we had Spooner was in uh, Russia. Yeah. yeah, he was in Russia. So, yeah, but, so yeah. all right, so one of our more global casts. Yeah, definitely. So like I said, I mean, as you guys probably know him as the Boston Brit on Instagram, uh, definitely major Celtics super fan and, uh, you know, has his own podcast that we'll talk about at some point as well, too, that that you guys are definitely going to need to check out, especially if you're a, a diehard Celtics fan, too. So uh, I figure, you know, I got a bunch of stuff that I want to talk to you about, so I figure we'll just roll right into it. Sounds good. Sounds good. So being a Celtics fan in the UK, I think the first question I have to ask you is, how did that happen? I mean, obviously, the, the Celtics play in North America, and it's not exactly the same time zone as you. So I know that you're up pretty late watching a lot of these games. So what, what made you become a Celtics fan in the first place? Okay, so in 2004, it was about 2004-2005. So, you know, my friend at school, he always used to go on holiday and one year he went to America. He started on the West Coast, actually, started in San Fran um, and then made his way all the way back over and ended up as his final stop in Boston. Now, at that point, I didn't know anything about the NBA, but he went and watched a Celtics game. Uh, and what we tended to do when we were when we were younger is whenever we used to go on holiday, we used to bring back something for each other. So we used to bring back, I don't know, a, a hat or a, I don't know, wh- whatever it was from wherever we've been. And, you know, it so happens that he did bring back a hat for me from the Boston Celtics. Um, he said that he went and watched a game. He f- rolled out his Motorola Razor, like a sort of <laughs> proper old school flip phone, uh, really pixelated camera. It was awful. But, you know, he was showing me some videos of the arena, the, of the atmosphere. And at that point, I was like, wow, like that, that's, that's sick. Like, what, 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 what was it kind of thing? And he goes, well the NBA like it was it was amazing like my dad like my dad knew about it not my dad but his dad and he said you know, it was just the atmosphere was unbelievable compared to football or soccer what, what you guys call it it's completely different so ever since then it's kind of been Boston Celtics really um and he's he's kind of like stopped following basketball as such but when you're that young you know what your best friend does you kind of want right. to be involved in too don't yeah. you so right, yeah. he so he was just like, yeah, look, oh, the Boston Celtics amazing, blah, blah, blah. So ever since then, it's kind of been the Celtics. And I always remember my first ever highlight that I saw. Uh, that was Paul Pierce talking smack to Al Harrington and dropping it over the top of him. <laughs> and that was my first, that's my first ever highlight I've seen. How do you and, watch that and not like basketball after? Oh, a, it was yeah, uh, what a unbelievable. Perfect intro. Exactly. Yeah. If, if that doesn't make you like basketball or specifically the Celtics, then... <laughs> You know, I, I nothing think will. nothing will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just man, I, I just I just loved Paul Pierce and obviously oh, growing same. up and watching you know Kevin Garnett as well and then delving into like the history. So watching bits on Larry Bird and Bill Russell. I mean, Bill. I think Bill doesn't get as much credit as what she, what he, what he should do. I agree. Honest, I agree with that. He too. is an he absolute gets, icon. Absolutely. He gets the like uh, the small league knocks a lot harder than I feel like a lot of other those old timers. It's it's not fair, especially considering he ran it as a as a coach too. Like he was player definitely, coach and, and like you know for whatever a GM was in those days, he was basically all of it. So yeah, he, he gets no credit for that. I agree. And 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 especially as well like the time period that they were going through and. Uh, you know, we are seeing that kind of uh, stuff happening right now, obviously with, with 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 the racial side of things, like being in that time period and just him absolutely balling out, showing everyone, you know, anything is possible. I'm sorry for the KG pun. But it's, <laughs> no, it's great. Uh, but, you know, that, that's kind of where it all started for me, really. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think that, that it's probably safe to say that Paul Pierce, or correct me if I'm wrong, was your favorite Celtics player. Yeah, growing up, I would say, yeah, Paul, Paul, but growing into like, you know, supporting the Celtics, it would be Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, 
you know, Rondo. It was that kind of those guys, because obviously I grew up with them. And then nowadays, you know, you're looking at Marcus Smart, love Marcus, and um, yeah. obviously Jalen and Jason are coming to picture now. And, yeah, there's always been a player, but I mean, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett have been the ones which, you know, have made me kind of fall in love with the Celtics. Well, I got to be honest, you know, Tim and I grew up watching the Celtics. We, you know, we were born in the 90s and you kind of lucked into having, you know, you picked this team to watch. You, you decided that you liked the Celtics and you started following them. And then shortly after they win a championship, as opposed to us, where it was 20 something years or 20 years before we saw them win a championship in our lifetime. And obviously they've had so many prior to that, but you, you mm-hmm. kind of got lucky where you fell in love with this team and started following them. And then all of a sudden they become what they were and win the championship and all that. Yeah, definitely. I think, well, 2000, well, the season before the 2000, 2007, 2008 season wasn't a fantastic one, was it? But Oh boy. <laughs> I remember being at games. I remember going to games and, and it was like, and like, I was a you know, I was young. I was, I was in like, you know, grade school and stuff, but I remember being there and being like, being a little, like shithead who's like fire Danny Ainge. (laughs) It's like a little 11 year old who's like fire Danny Ainge and fire Doc Rivers. Like, what are we doing here? And then, you know, of course the, the trader Danny becomes trader Danny. And and here we are today. And I, you know, I love them both. I I still love Doc a lot, but, but yeah, I remember, I remember being in there and that's, I I believe we had 24 wins or something. One of the worst, one of the worst performance seasons we had in quite a while, wasn't it? Yeah. Boston's very good about doing that going from worst to first. For some reason, we've seen it plenty of times with the Red Sox and, and other teams. It's just, it seems to be that there are certain things that can really turn around a, a team or a franchise and, you know, getting somebody like Garnett and Ray Allen and, and building the team that they did to win, it really changed the entire dynamic of the team. And once you get some wins under your belt and you really get the fans back in it, having fans and being at the garden and having them, you know, rocking that place, it really does change the outcome of games, whether people like it or not, or think that it's true or not. Um, it really does affect the fans and getting them into it really gets the team going as well. Yeah, definitely. I think that team, that roster as well, you know, with KG and, and Ray and Paul, it's I, 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 we could have had a few more yeah. banners. I mean, that's the one thing which I think I, mean, uh, the I look Perkins back and trade. go, oh, we were good enough to get more banners at that at that point. It just oh. obviously it just didn't happen. But. The 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 I was actually going to ask you that. I mean, even though I, I did say I do love Danny, it is one thing I will never forgive him for is the Perkins trade. Yeah. I just, I mean, I think we win that year if we don't do that trade, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I truly think we, I mean, you, you saw it with like what we were missing when we did get to the finals. Like it was just, we didn't, we didn't have a big man. It was, it was brutal. Yeah. Similar situation to what we got in now, to be honest with you, we're missing that, you know, that corner piece, um, that, that big guy, which yeah. at the moment is kind of failing us. Yeah, man. I, I mean, and I want to get into this too. And I don't know, maybe this is a good point for it but uh i I, th- I think the starter for the current boston celtics team is is on the bench i, th- I think it's i think it's rob williams i really do man he is an he's a freak athlete freak. an absolute yeah. freak i mean his standing his standing jump block which was uh you know the, the other week was i've never seen someone from a static position get up that high and block a three-point shot you know i think yeah. people don't realize how 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 hard it is to block a three-point shot like yeah. it's, you know, what I mean, he is, he's a freak athlete. And yeah, the, the only other one that stands out to me is, is the Zion one that he did in college when it, he like jumped from the block. It was a running jump, but it, it was insanity. And he put it like mm. 10, 10 rows into the stands. It's it nuts. Yeah. He's, he's aggressive with it as well. I love that. You know I mean? It is a, it is a swap, get that out of here kind of deal. Love and that. I feel like with these centers, like I think we saw it with, and these aren't necessarily like starters, but like, you know, any, any role playing, like, significant big man out there who's young it's like it always takes him three years just to get size like Mm. like like you can't really figure out what you have until he they grow into it and like this year man like he is he's a tier above he i think he's always looked solid but he's just i think he's already proven that he deserves a lot at least a lot more minutes on this team Mm. i i think i think to be honest with you i think he deserves a start i think you know we're in a position now where we are in a rut and we're kind of hot and cold i i think danny i think danny and 
uh, Brad and you know the guys they, they should they should give Rob a uh, a starting position just to see how it goes. We've got nothing to lose at this at this point in time, to be honest. Totally and agree. you never know, it could be a catalyst to uh, to propel us into some momentum and get us some you know wins on the bounce because that's one thing which is kind of uh, we've not had this season is consistency. Well, yeah, I, it, almost, it almost felt weird when we beat the Pacers the other night. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I, strange, forgot, I forgot what a win feels like. It's been quite a minute. <laughs> I said I celebrated it like it was a banner for Christ's sake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's a perfect segue then into the next question as far as what do you think if you know if you were the the coach or the GM, what do you do to improve this team right now? Is it with a trade or do you kind of shake up the lineup a little bit? Uh what what do you do if you're uh either Danny Ainge or Brad Stevens? So if, if I'm Brad, like, like I just mentioned, I think Rob Williams, I think you need to give him a start just to see mm-hmm. what he can, what he can produce. You know, he's young, he's hungry, and he is he's so aggressive on D. It's, you know, sometimes that can be his downfall because he gets into foul trouble. But, I mean, we need some energy at the moment. One thing we're lacking is, it's just aggression. We're just lacking aggression. And I think, obviously, we're missing Marcus. Marcus brings that aggression. Marcus is that kind of facilitator on that, that end of the, you know, of the defense where he's, he's, he's pressing constantly. And, you know, I would start Rob Williams shaken up. I mean, the issue we've got is that we've got no depth on the bench. Right. So this is where yep. I would say, you know, from Danny Ainge's point of view, that trade exception, I don't, I, I, I wouldn't, the three loads, of of, loads of Celtics fans want to go for like kind of like a superstar or someone, you know, Who's who's big time? I mean, we've got three superstars. We've got Kemba, we've got Jason, and we've got Jalen. We don't need another one. What I think we need to do is bring some depth in. You know, obviously we've got a lot of young players. I mean, I don't even know what the average age of our of our whole of our whole roster is, but I believe it's got to be one of the youngest in the NBA, surely. Yeah. So so young, and you know, there's no experience on the bench. Yeah. Where I've said multiple times, you know bring back Isaiah Thomas just to have him on the bench as some form of experience, some form of, you know, uh, scoring because we do lack that. We're on the and, same boat as you, man. We've been saying that yeah, for a while. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> from the Paul Pierce stuff on down through the uh, Bill Russell and starting by, you're just preaching the choir on this podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's true though, isn't it? Yeah. It's true. No, absolutely. Like, we need some depth. Like we need to bring in guys who are proven in the NBA. I'm not saying though that I think Romeo is a great talent. I think Peyton Pritchard is being fantastic yeah, and he's only ever going to grow. And I, I do believe Peyton's got that. He's got yeah. that aggression like Marcus does. And you don't really, you don't see that very often in many players in the NBA, that grit, that you know aggressiveness doesn't, doesn't care. He'll drive into the basket, whether he's got someone who's, you know, twice the height of him or whatever, like he, or twice the weight of him. Like he doesn't care. Like he'll just, he'll just go for it. And that's the kind of stuff, that's the kind of like, you know, attributes that we need. And that's, that's what you need to be to be a Boston Celtic. You need that, uh, that kind of KG mentality, if you want to call it that, where, you know, win at all costs. Um, But yeah, it's a tough one at the moment. It is a tough one because we are, we are in a position where we're not playing very well. And it is quite, it's quite hard to watch as everyone, you know, all of you, 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 both of you guys can, probably agree as well but it's, it's it's just difficult to see this team with the talent that we've got in this team play so badly yeah it, it's extremely frustrating because as you said we should be winning more games we should be a better team on paper where we are a better team but something is lacking right now and and it definitely needs to be addressed that's for sure and I think Brad I think Brad as well I mean some of his you know I, I love Brad Stevens I don't think all the people that are saying, you know, get rid of Brad, it's it's mental. Like there's there's not going to be another coach who can nurture players like Brad Stevens can. Such a great coach for that. And not to mention what he's done. Yeah, exactly. We're like, in the not, Eastern Conference really Finals three out of the last four years. Like, what do you want? What do you like? Yeah. The only thing that's eluded us that. is a NBA Finals appearance. Yeah. He's got us to the uh, you know the Eastern Conference Finals uh, multiple times. So it's it's just. Yeah, it's just one of those things that I think fans, you know, we have the best fans in the world, but some it's quite a heated fan base in the sense of if you're not performing, you know, this is 
you know, Banner City kind of deal where every Boston sports team wins championships. You don't win a championship, then you're a failure kind of deal. And I think that's one one reason why, you know, I, I fell in love with the city as well. It's just everyone loves to win. Everyone's got that winning mentality. And at the moment, you know, I think we're playing too much ISO. I think Jalen and Jason are just taking too we're relying on them too much and they're taking too many shots, but at the same time, you know, you can look Kemba's hot and cold. So that, you know, Jalen and Jason are having to run the ball more. Um, but I've seen, a, I've, you know, I've watched a couple of games and I just, I think uh, it's, it's hard to put a finger on one thing, but I do believe, you know, we're playing too much. ISO. we're not, we're just not playing great basketball. We're not moving the ball around, which is why as well. I think we're missing Gordon Haywood. So uh, I'm glad that you say that because th- there's been questions. Obviously, the, the Boston media is, you know, they're, they are very harsh on all of their teams, whether you're Celtics, <laughs> yeah. Bruins, Red Sox, Patriots, whatever it is. Like, they're extremely harsh on their players. So th- they just love to stir the pot and, and get people riled up. But, you know, they, there's been a lot of questions about Tatum's shot selection and how potentially some players on this team have a bigger ego than the actual team itself. And I'm not saying that I subscribe to those things. I'm not saying that I think that they're true, but do you think that if that is true, then a veteran guy coming in here or a couple vets are kind of what might turn these guys around to be like, look, this isn't, this isn't going to get you where you think you're going to get, you know, the, the media seems to think that Tatum and Brown specifically they care about their name. They care about their brand more than they do about the team. And I wonder if veteran leadership is kind of what needs to come in because as of right now, we look to them as leaders of this team. And they are future leaders, and they are leaders right now, but they don't have that experience like somebody, say, IT or uh, who know I don't know, uh, Rondo or someone that would come in here and potentially whip the team into shape as far as, hey, look, this is the attitude that we should have as opposed to where we're at right now. Yeah, so things with Tatum and Brown, I don't, you know, they both they both love the city. They both, you know, Jalen Brown's such an intelligent guy as well, right? And he's, I, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe you know the media saying that they're in it for themselves, and I don't, I don't see that at all. I think it's down to a little bit of uh, mismanagement from Brad. I think it's you know the game plan going into it. It just seems to be that. If it was uh, every other, you know, every so often, Jalen and Jason were just lugging up shots constantly, right. constantly. But it's not; it's a consistent thing. So it, to me, that's that's Brad, kind of saying to them, you know, I want you to take volume shots. I, I want you to yeah. be the, you know, the, the the kind of like pins within this uh, within this team. To I expect X amount of points from you a game. Blah blah blah. Um, but your comment on. You know, do we need like, the veteran guys in there? Like we've we've got Tristan Thompson, he's an NBA champion. We've got yeah. Kemba Walker. Like these guys, these guys have been around for, <laughs> for right. a while. You know, and they they're, they're, they should be kind of Tristan's quite vocal as well. So they they should be the ones which are saying, look, guys, this is not how this is this is just not working. Let's let's mix it up. Let's trust each other a little bit more, and you know, let's 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 go from there. Because I I I don't know whether it's an element of trust. I don't know whether Brad, because obviously Kemba's hot and cold. So I don't know whether, you know, last season anyway, Jalen Brown was the number three, where Kemba was number two. And obviously Jason was number one. Now it's kind of flipped on its head a little bit where you've got Jalen and Jason fighting where one and two. And then Kemba's now number three. It's a pretty good problem to have, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad, it's not a bad problem, but it's, it's more of the case of, you know, guards like Kemba is similar to Kyrie where, you know, they love to have the ball. They love to have the ball in their hands. They love to be the guy that takes the shot. And you could see that from when Kemba was at Charlotte. Like he carried that team for so many years. I think he doesn't he hold the NBA record for the amount of minutes played in the season. I, I'm not quite sure. Uh, I believe just, it. He, yeah, he just never, he just never came off absolute unit. And now we're, I don't, I, just, I don't know what's wrong and it's really frustrating because I can't put my finger on it, but it could be a multiple, it could be multiple things where, you know, what we've discussed so far and what we, what we do about it is, yeah, I think you, you kind of shake it up a little bit um, and bring some of the, the more hungrier guys in 
to kind of see what they can do. And the issue is just consistency. We just we haven't had consistency yeah. from our bench, from our, our rotations. It's just not been where it should be. But then again, that comes down to you know the depth of the bench, the experience of the bench, and it's kind of a vicious circle in a way. What do you think about the starting lineup we've been running mostly <clears throat> of late? The uh, with like Tice at the four and Tristan at the five. Oh, I, I know, I I know we talked about putting Bob Bill in, but just the, more the dynamic of the two big men is yeah, is what I'm wondering. I, I don't, I, I don't really like it if I'm honest. Yeah, I've not yeah. really seen a Boston team do that. No, me neither. Um, yeah. It works not, against like some lineups, but for it to be your go-to thing is strange to me, I guess. Yeah, because you need well, you need a big that can score. If you're going to do that, you need one of the you need like a, um, a Vucevic or someone like that. Yeah. Who who can score as well? You need that kind of um, versatile big where you know Tice has his moments. Um, watching Tice take three-point shots constantly is, I don't know how to feel about. I don't know how I feel about it. If I'm honest, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> You know, Tristan, when Tristan plays well, he plays really well. Really, really well. But it's together, I, I don't I, I just don't think it works, if I'm honest. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, no, I I uh I, I don't think it, it really makes sense. And like I like here's the here's the thing. Tice is this dude who I, I really do like Tice, but he yeah. got you know, he got dragged last year for his inability to play the perimeter as a big. And now he's suddenly a four where you even more so need to be good with perimeter. And listen, I, I don't think it's been as much as a problem. Like I may, and maybe that's because it's, it's not being targeted in a playoff series or whatever, but it's just like, it, it's, it's strange to me. And like, I do think, you know, I, I think Tice needs to be a center. And I just think like someone's, you know, we, we're, we're, we're a little like superfluous there. And like, I don't think Tristan going is the answer. Cause like, like we were saying with, his, you know, his mentality and he's this, he's the savvy veteran. I saw in an interview, he said, he goes, I want to be, I want to be the big man version of Marcus Smart. How do you not want that guy to stay on your team? No matter what, like, that's just like, that, that's, that's goals. Like that's, that's what you want. And like, whether it's been delivered or not, it's just like, yeah, we want Bob Bill to get minutes. And I like calling him Bob, Will, Bob Bill, by the way. Um, but uh, <laughs> he, like, I don't know. I don't know what to do with Tice. I, I, I like him a lot, but I, I, I do like I really do like him, and so, but I do think maybe that's a shakeup point. Potentially. Yeah, I think we've not we've not replaced Gordon Haywood. No. Is is the crux of it? Like we've not placed we've not replaced him, and he meant, he kind of went under radar to be honest to most Celtics fans and most you know obviously we're having Jalen and Jason kind of breaking out and them having the spotlight. Gordon Haywood, such a great facilitator. And he gives you he gives you so much, which it's quite hard to find in the league. Obviously, he was injured quite a lot, and he does get injured. And but when he is back and he is healthy, he just adds you know a certain dynamic, which is hard to find in in many players. And yeah, we've not replaced that. And like you said, we're playing Tice and and Thompson together. And I think for Brad's system, you just you run a center. That's it. I don't think you have two big men. I don't think it works. And but then again, you know, yeah. we haven't got anyone to kind of fill in that spot at the moment, to be honest. But that spot could be the three or the two. You know, you can shift uh, the Jays either yeah. direction there. I think Tatum's fantastic at the four. You know, mm -hmm. like I, I I have utter confidence in that. It's interesting having him at the three, but yeah, get a real four in or get a real three or two. Yeah, that's why the piece could kind of be anything. I mean, Hayward would be the. Th three i think right when he was well, he, he was year. kind of a utility wasn't he He was flo yeah. brad floated him around yeah um, totally so he but that's that's what you kind of need you need that utility player where you've got you know different matchups and you've got Jalen and jason you know the, as the cornerstones as the front of the franchise um but yeah like you said like, like i said peyton pritchard's been great this season um, oh he's fantastic yeah so yeah I, start starting a rookie is not always the uh the way to go necessarily and it's but at the same time i think he um i think he could do a shift for us i think he could do a better job than you know where we've got tyson tyson thompson playing um and you just run with who do you run with i i run with thompson just as a center as much as i love tice i think for experience you go you go tristan 
I mean, Tr- Tristan's the first time we've had a uh, a rebounder who averages. I know he's not doing it this year yet. I think he will get there, but he's the first time we've had someone averaging double double rebounds since Al Jefferson. I want to go back and talk about that dreaded season uh, before before the championship year. Yeah, yeah, you know, like we we haven't had a we haven't, we haven't had a guy on the boards like this. And yeah, I I agree with like you were bringing up the scorer point earlier, and and like you know Tristan Thompson is a guy who has changed his shooting hand. The other day, someone goes, I didn't realize Tristan Thompson changed his shooting, and I completely forgot he did that. You know, like scoring is not his forte. Also, three three offensive rebounds of a game are from him catching his own miss. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, but no, but I run, I definitely run with Tristan. I, yeah, 100%. And, and, and that's even, I run with him even before the experience of the, like you were mentioning, the, the championship experience. Yeah. Now, the one, the one player that I, one player that I wish we didn't trade away. Well, there's a couple, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, you can see Terry Rozier absolutely balling out in Charlotte yeah. um, at the moment. You can also see you know, Aaron Baines. I loved Aaron Baines in Boston. Yeah. And I wish we could have kept him. Um, I'm not being funny. Even even Al Horford, obviously, he got loads of slack when he left. But Al Horford for Boston was great. I still love Al. I mean, yeah. it was weird to see him in Philly. But, you know, especially now that he's in <laughs> OKC, I'm like, yeah, good. I love you, Al. It was GTs. <laughs> I mean, I would have loved to have, you know, if we had if we had the option to get Al back, you know, again, um, we need, we do need depth. But yeah, he's not going to sit on the bench for that kind of money, and we're not going to pay that kind of money for him. But you know, it's, there could have been elements which we should have kept on our roster, which I think could have put us in a better position right now. That. I really, I really want Isaiah. I'm, we're we're fully. Me and Andrew are fully with you there. Yeah, definitely. I, he just he he will just bring experience. He will bring, you know, aggressiveness. And he's he's been playing great for the USA. If you've been watching the games, I haven't been watching, but I've I've been seeing his stat lines. Yeah, which right. are Phenomenal. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I mean, he's ready. He he's hungry. Not I to mention, someone needs to take a chance on him. F- yeah. Fans are starting to come back to the stadium, and you can only. It, just think about what how you know they'll embrace him with open arms coming back to this team and just the hype alone will get people you know get the team really hyped up to to go out there and play I know they're all waiting for fans to come back too but especially having IT back out there and what he did when he was on the Celtics it just brings that extra little bit of uh excitement to this team 100 percent, and I think that's one thing as well is that we've seen that some players, some some players thrive off the crowd. You know, they Absolutely. play off the crowd, and you know that's what that's what brings them. That's what brings them up. That's what brings them into another element. Where at the moment they're not getting that, and it it will be very interesting to see that when fans, you know, when TD is packed again, um, how much of a difference that is going to put in, in in our hands, especially playing at home, where. You know, obviously, I've been multiple times to TD, and you know, obviously, you guys have as well. And it's just, it's just, it's just another level. And I can only imagine being a player with, with thousands and thousands of fans cheering you on. It's, it's just next level, really. So it will be interesting to see what the performance is. You know, the level of performance goes up or down when fans come back in. Yeah, I mean, so- it's been interesting to see on the road with the the stadiums that have them now. Yeah, it it does feel like uh, a lot of people have. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put the weight of the Jazz success on them having some fans in in the arena, but I, it hasn't hurt. You know, I mean, they're a phenomenal basketball team, but it, I, you know, I definitely think it's a factor at the very least. Yeah. So I want to ask you because you did just say that you've been to TD Garden a few times. Looking at your Instagram, I would think that there's a couple things that people might want to know about, and that's one. You put out amazing graphics for just about every game and just about every player that's on the team. So you do some awesome work. And that's one of the reasons why I love following you for Celtics content too, is because all the work that you put out is just, is just awesome. Is that, is that sort of like a hobby of yours or is that something more than that? Yeah. So by, by day I'm an architect. Okay. So, uh, you know, all the graphics and stuff that I put out, you know, I, I'm self-taught and everything. So wow. yeah, it's, it's the one thing which, uh, I just, I love doing it. It is there. Yeah, it's like a hobby. But at the end of the day, for me, you know, I started the Boston Brit to help grow not only the Celtics in the UK and, you know, we've got some other guys from the UK who are big Celtics fans and do big things. You know, Adam Taylor, who does Celtics blog, um, he's from the UK and he, 
he does podcasts and for Selwick's blog, like I said, and you know, he's, he's doing great things as well on the writing side of stuff. And, you know, I wanted to come into it and help grow the Celtics and help grow the game in the UK just, just a little bit, even if I did it a little bit by doing, you know, my graphics of the players and, and things like that. And, you know, I've been quite lucky to know a couple of the people at the Celtics and, you know, when they come over to London, you know, I was there at the Philadelphia Boston game and, Oh, uh, Celtics did a piece on me and it was it's you know I've been in the right place in the right time and I'm you know I feel very blessed for all that kind of stuff and being able to work with you know semi um nicest guy in basketball semi Ojale honestly nicest really? guy really yeah such a nice guy so humble so humble um play like cod with him and uh FIFA and that's awesome you know, being able to do some graphics for him etc and doing at the moment I'm currently doing a twitch graphic for him Grant and Tice uh, which is which is quite cool. So you know, for me, I, I just wanted to grow it. But at the end of the day, my ultimate goal is to work for the Celtics, and that is you know the end goal. And hopefully, one day, um, I'll be able to do that. Hopefully, I'll be able to you know be part of the content creation, uh, marketing team, and kind of just be able to put stuff out. Which you know, I think loving the team and being so invested in the team as well. I think, I think I'd bring um, just another element to that team. Cause obviously I, you know, I actually love the team itself. So I don't, one day, hopefully I don't see how they could, uh, you know, looking at your portfolio of things that you've done, how could, how they could not want if they have an open position or something like that, it would be stupid for them not to consider you as something that would be beneficial to their team. Because like I said, all the work is amazing, man. And knowing that, you're self-taught and that's just sort of a hobby of yours is even more impressive so you know I, i'm definitely jealous of all of the the great work that you do and i that's like i said one of the main reasons why i love following you because it's just so cool to see and i i always tell everybody that is a celtics fan make sure you follow him because all the stuff is is great and people you know obviously you have some sort of connections with the celtics as well and that, that can only grow from from your continued work with some of these players and all the stuff that you put out. And um, it's, that's really cool, man. Like I said, that was definitely one of the two things that I would think people might want to know about just following your account and something that I definitely want to know about as well. And, and, um, and the other thing I wanted to ask you about was your, you know, as you said, you took a couple trips to the TD garden, but I, I saw basically one of the trips that you had come here was, pretty cool man like being on the court and court side and being interviewed by scal and all this kind of stuff so so maybe we can talk about that a little bit what how did that come about or did you just come over here as us as a celtics fan to come see a game and it just like you said lucked into something or how'd that happen no so it all kind of started when i went to the celtics 76ers game in london so i stood outside the hotel like a weird little creepy guy <laughs> with a Kyrie Irving jersey, you know, waiting for Kyrie to sign the jersey kind of deal. So we've the all been there. Knew, <laughs> the only reason I knew about them staying in a certain hotel is because I'd been in that hotel before I'd stayed in that hotel. So, you know, I was quite lucky in the sense that when they were arriving, obviously they posted and I saw, uh, you know, they're at this hotel. So I went there, stood there, etc. And then I, I met a guy called Alex. Uh, his name's Alex, Alex, Alex Herco. And he said, look, would you be up for doing a interview for you know we do we want to do like a fanatics kind of international fanatics fan piece for celtics um, for the you know some, for some original content and i say yeah, absolutely that'd be amazing and ever since then you know me and him have been you know we've become really good friends and you know this is when i when i came over to the toronto to the toronto game that's when i got to uh, be on with kyle and scow and Kyle, I had already met anyway because he messaged me because uh, he said he was coming to London. So Alex kind of Alex got me the tickets to the game, and then the, on the flip side of it, getting on NBC was Kyle came over to London that summer, and he said, "Look, it'd be great to do a little Celtics fan meetup if if possible." So I put the feelers out there, and then there was about you know thirty thirty of us, something like that, who um, kind of sat down and. They got to ask Kyle some questions and yeah, it was, it was a really cool day. And then I was driving Kyle back to his, to his hotel in central London. And I said, and he said to me like, you know, when, when, when you come over, how do you, how do you feel about coming on NBC with, with me and Scout? And I said, wow. 
I said, yeah, that'd be amazing. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Uh, obviously, I didn't think he meant it at the time. I thought he was just being yeah. nice. <laughs> he is such a nice guy as well. I thought he was just being nice. And he said, look, when you land, when you come out, when you land, drop me a message and we'll get you on. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, cool, cool. So flew out there, landed, dropped him a message. and said, oh, Kyle, it'd be great to meet up, maybe have a drink and stuff after the game or whatever. And he goes, yeah, do you still want to come with me and scout? And at that point, I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, cool. I was like, what are you going to ask me? <laughs> Obviously, national, yeah. like, live TV. Right, right. Live TV is, I'll tell you what, live TV is no joke, right? It's no, no joke. But are you allowed to swear on your podcast? You allowed oh, to swear yeah. on Oh, oh yeah, yeah, go nuts. Oh, dope. Cool. Right. Because I was fucking shitting myself. <laughs> I was I was sweating. I've never sweat so much in my life. Lucky I had my jumper on because, I mean, underneath, it would have been an absolute atrocity, honestly. But, um, so I took the, the funny story is, right, I turned up to, to TD, got upstairs um, and they said, look, right, stand, stand here. Uh, I stupidly asked the question of the woman behind the camera i said oh, how many people are going to watch this and she went oh millions yeah. like, oh. At, at that point then that's when my stomach fell in my ass and i was it was it was horrible it was horrible and i sat there and carl and scal both looked at me and they were like are you good so you you're right and i was like yeah yeah i'm good i was like, a little bit nervous and they were like <laughs> scal goes i oh, don't worry i got you i got you and i was like okay cool and then the rest is history, really. And he seems like uh, a great guy too. I, I don't. I've never met him, but he seems like he's a really, really great guy to know as well. Oh, he's such a ball buster. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. I believe he's, that. Uh, he's, he's a he's a great he's a great guy. He's a good guy. And I think <laughs> that, you know, bleed, he, that breeds through in his broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> ball busting is clear. Yeah, <laughs> that's he awesome. Is, he's a nice guy. He's yeah. I mean, I've been like I said, I've been very, very lucky, and you know, I'm. I'm yeah, I'm just, I'm very blessed of what I've been able to do. So when you came over here before, you know, like, as you said, you kind of felt like, yeah, he's just being nice. Who knows that that's actually going to happen. Did mm -hmm. you have tickets already bought for the game and then they upgraded you or how did that go about? So that, that was a different trip. So that oh, okay. was a year before. Um, so just after the Celtics played in London, I then went out to the final uh, regular season game against the Brooklyn Nets. And that's obviously I knew Alex then. So yep. Alex was just doing some filming. Uh, we had his, so he had his season tickets. So I got to, you know, we had his, me and my fiance, we had his seats. So we were sat in them just about, you know, soaking in the pregame atmosphere. Yep. And Alex come up and said, oh, do you want to come on the court? Come on the court. We'll take some photos. So I was like, yeah, that's cool. That's amazing. Um, the one thing I do regret about that is I, I, I kissed the parquet like Paul Pierce. Yeah, I, I I physically put my lips on that dusty <laughs> ass court, and honestly, it was the most disgusting thing ever. But it's something which I'll never forget. But it's a great and picture. Yeah, it's, I, it's I, such a good picture. Yeah, and yeah. I, I have I have got it printed, and it is in my office at the moment. Um, and it's yeah, it's something that I'll always I'll always remember. Not a lot um, of people can say that. No, exactly, and I, that's like I said, like I'm you know super lucky with that. But as we got on the court, they're taking the pictures, etc. And we were just about to leave to go back up to our seats. And um, Alex handed my fiance Holly uh, a pair of the floor seats. So obviously I was completely obliv oblivious at the time. And I was looking around. To be fair, I had a basketball in my hand. And I was like, look, you know, I know the guys are warming up on either end. But <laughs> I, I was so fucking tempted just to run and just do a layup. Just to say that I'd scored a basket. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously I didn't do that because I would have been rugby tackled. But, yeah. <laughs> but he turned around. I turned around, Holly passed me the tickets and I looked at them. I was like, what the hell are these? And floor seats. Wow. Honestly, blue, you know, they are ridiculously expensive, those seats. Right. And yeah, I turned yeah. around and I looked and I said to Alex, I was like, you, di you didn't buy these, did you? Like, what, what, this is mental. This is crazy. Honestly, the best, the best, best experience I've ever had right there. That whole night was unbelievable. And the, the worst thing was right is that my fiance that was her first ever basketball game yep uh, first ever never gonna so the it. fact that she was courtside <laughs> yeah. watching the Celtics on her first ever basketball game you know whenever I go with her again now she's like are we not sitting on the floor then yeah right <laughs> so Alex set up the, ex the you know, expectations the levels are high for that now but no um, um, it was unbelievable so I, you know I, I'm more of a I'm a 
uh, Bruins season ticket holder. So mm-hmm. I go to a ton of Bruins games. I've been to hundreds. Uh, you know, I'm probably pushing a thousand by my lifetime at this point. So I'm just curious what it's like sit like for a basketball game. I've always wanted to sit courtside. Who doesn't want that? You know, yeah. I've been to I've been to plenty of uh, Celtics games as well. But how different is it sitting? normal I should say say normal but you know in in the seat that isn't courtside as opposed to sitting basically you're on the floor where they're playing and you know I've seen basketball players in person and they're not small so it's like a completely different world being so close and same thing goes for hockey like if you're sitting on the glass those guys are way bigger than they look on tv and way bigger than they look from the balcony and so how how much different was that for you I know you said it was a great experience of course I, I would I 100% believe that. Yes, I think the difference, the main, funny enough, the main difference is that when when you're on courtside, it's going to sound really odd. I'm going to sound like a weirdo here, but like it's it's just, it's just this when they're running past, right? It's just you you, you get sweated on. I know it sounds yeah. stupid. <laughs> no, right? no, but you are, you are literally like you're so close to the guys, you know you can bloody smell their aftershave like it's is is a bit of a it's just a complete unique experience not only that as well but the fact that you look like you're a rich asshole right right just sat on the side <laughs> you know what i mean it's like you yeah, know i pay for these seats kind of deal where, where you where you haven't but you you kind of the difference i suppose is the one negative i would say there is a negative is that you're not in and amongst the crowd and right. that sounds silly but you're not in and amongst, you know, if you get a buzzer beater at the end or whatever, like you just grab the guy next to you and shake the shit out of him. Yeah, right. Like, you can't do that on uh, on court side because you'd look a bit stra- uh, strange. Plus, if you're going to throttle away a millionaire, they're probably going to sue you, aren't they? Yeah, so, there's a chance. <laughs> so I think th- the, the main difference is it's just, you know, you, you, on the court side, you kind of, you're more ingrained into the game you i feel now you're you're literally you can you're living and you're breathing you're smelling literally what's going on on the court i know i keep going back to smelling that's a weird thing to keep going back to but it's it's just it's just another level it's just another level it's almost like but, you're part of it <laughs> yeah exactly that is probably the best way yeah to, to describe it is that you are literally part of that game and it's something which not many people will get to do in their lifetime and I think if you ever get a chance to, a hundred percent do it. Yeah. If you have the money and you're not going to get killed by your missus <laughs> doing it, hundred percent, just spend the money on those tickets and just do it because it's an experience which, yeah, you'll you'll never forget. That's a solidified bucket list for me for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I do want to talk about your uh, Celtics podcast as well because you have that going. You've had some guests on there, as you said. You've worked with some of the Celtics players. I mean, I, I've been listening to it. I've heard, you know, you had Gordon on there. You had Semi on there. How's that podcast going? And what what made you want to do it? Is it more so to sort of grow it again, like you said earlier, or because it's something that you're passionate about? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a bit of both, really. You know, yeah. it's it's just a passion of of mine and. And there's so many fans in the UK as well, which uh, we've got a community in the UK where there's loads of fan pages, etc. And, you know, from when I started Boston Brit to now, like pretty much every team has a fan page now. Yeah. <laughs> which is wild. So for within that two year period from it just being um, in terms of a fan page that I knew about anyway, only myself and I think the Lakers had one too. Um, there are so many of them now. There's literally every team pretty much has one. And it's just it's nice to be able to have people on talk, talk about something which you love, really, you know, talk about Celtics basketball. And, you know, I do a weekly roundup show with the, at the moment with a Celtics fan in the UK. His name's Josh. Um, and we call it the garden party. Uh, yeah. So, it's great. I, yeah, I, I love well, listening to that. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. And I, th- I think we're just, we're trying to do something a little bit different. So what I, I know you have your podcasts, which are very heavily stat based and, they go into detail and things like that, and which is not necessarily what you know I want to do. You know, I, as much as you know, the guys that go into the stats and um, can go in depth about things, and you know, it's such it's such a an amazing talent to have. Um, and I'm sure I could do it if I put in the hours, but uh, with the day job and stuff, 
and with the graphics <laughs> i don't yeah. have enough time to do that so i i just love being able to kind of have a bit of lighthearted fun with it um just have something you know the whole point of my podcast is that you know you guys could be going to work you could be sat on a bus and you're like ah oh, this is this is boring let me just throw on this podcast which could waste you know the 30 45 minute journey um and i could have a little bit of a laugh to it at the end of the day so it's that's kind of the, the vibe that i'm trying to go for with my stuff you know and, the, and that's something that i definitely wanted to 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 kind of praise you on because i'm a big fan of of i'm not the hugest fan of listening to just people throw stats at me i could listen to to boston sports radio if i wanted that but the fact that you you guys are well versed on what you're talking about and can throw in some some you know fun topics or or comedic things to sort of lighten lighten everything up it doesn't always have to be about stats it's it's a great thing to listen to if you're a Celtics fan because it's it's not always it's not always just trying to figure out who who's the best in this position who's the best in that position. it's it, there's more to it there's character to the podcast so it's it's really a good listen and I enjoy listening to it. I appreciate that. I do appreciate that. So if anybody wants to listen to that, that is the UK Celtics podcast. Um, I, I think you guys can be found on Instagram and Twitter and all that, right? Yeah. So I've got an Instagram and Twitter for it, and you know it's it's on Apple Podcasts, it's yep. on Spotify, Google Podcasts, it's on pretty much all your platforms. It's just just type in that UK Celtics podcast and yeah. My, my ugly face will pop up. So. <laughs> and and that's the thing too, is that anybody can write, can start a podcast because they feel like they want to just talk about anything, but to have a couple people be passionate about what they're talking about and not to mention being able to get some, some great guests on there too. It's, it's a refreshing thing to listen to for a Celtics fan. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that as well as, you know, anyone that I, anyone that's listening right now to this and just out there in general, you know, you feel like you want to start, a page or you want to start a podcast just do it honestly just do it like don't don't do it for the views and the numbers and things like that just just do it because you love it for the sport like, that's yeah that's why we made this you yep. know? It's, exactly it's, it's, like, it's, it's uh, good fun like it's it's, yeah. it's kind of you know people some people have you know i've had messages which have been incredible where people have said you know i'm, I'm going for a tough time and just listening to your podcast or you know, watching you do some of your content, like, it's it's helped me. And I find, I to me, I find that mental that someone would want to listen to me, anyway. Uh, you know, a weird British guy, just I, yeah, it's crazy. But to get messages like that, it's it's amazing. And you know, for someone that's like I said, sat out there what, listening to this right now, thinking, you know, I'd love to start a podcast with my mate talking about basketball. Honestly, just do it. So simple to do. And I've always said to people as well, if they wanted to, they, you know, if they want to do that kind of stuff or they have a question of how to do a graphic or whatever, then just drop me a DM because my DMs are always open and I'm here to help people um, at the end of the day. So that's great. Um, that's yeah. great advice. So, so to wrap this episode up a little bit, I got some, some, would you rather, or which do you prefer questions for you? So I'm going to give you two things and you pick one or the other, of which you prefer. Okay. Okay. All right. So the Celtics have a bunch of jerseys, but we're going to go with the home and away jersey. So we're going to go with, with green or white. Which would you prefer? Green. Okay. Um, Tim, why don't you give me answers on these two? Well, well so far I'm in, I'm in unison green. Okay. Now, this question could go to one of two ways. It could go, which do you like better or if you had to all right let's go with this one first if you who do you like better tatum or brown it's a tough question i know Ooh, that is a tough question kill your I, babies moment <laughs> i think <laughs> uh if you would have asked me this last year i would have said tatum um but this year Jalen brown i think what he's doing off the court as well i mean he's such a role model um and i think you know if, if i was to ever have a child uh, he is, you know, the the epitome of, you know, character and and resilience, and he's just an all round good guy. So I, I, I'm going to go Jalen Brown. Tim, same. Uh, I've I've loved him, and like I I'm really not to toot my own horn on this, but a little bit. I loved him when we drafted him. Yeah, when <laughs> I I found out he was the highest IQ in the draft, and it, it just like I'm like that guy will always find a way to improve 
Like he's always like he if he if he's applying himself to something, he's going to make sure he masters it, and he's going to surpass ceilings and expectations, which I think he's done to this point. I think he's. I mean, I think we have him on a discount at twenty-five million a year. He, I think this guy's phenomenal. Congratulations on his first All-Star appearance. Um, I think first of many. I, I, yeah, I'm a big Jalen Brown guy. Tatum, I love, but uh, oh man, he he frustrates me. <laughs> I, I would say the same thing. Actually, when we signed him to that contract at the time, I was like, "Are they out of their mind?" And then mm-hmm. I completely. I regret saying that because I have yeah. completely changed my mind on that. And as you said, I feel like at this point, we got him at a bit of a discount. Yeah. Well, I said that, to be fair, I said that. Where Scal asked me that question on NBC. He said, um, you know, who needs to step up this season? And I said, well, you know, Jalen Brown, we've just paid him that absolute right. the contract. And, he, you know, he's made me eat my words. So fair play to him. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> All right, so the next one is which, also uh, real quick. He'll be a, he'll be president someday, and I'll be voting. hundred percent, hundred percent. So, which do you find more more entertaining, a big a big dunk or a big three? In a key mm-hmm. moment of a game. In a key moment, is this a buzzer beater scenario, or is this a kind yeah, of yeah, right? Uh, I mean, I think buzzer beater. Uh, yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with uh, with a buzzer beater. I suppose. Okay. Um, three-pointer for me watching yeah. that watching the ball go in the air yeah i i just, just anticipating it you know sweating you're like come on come on drop 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 and it drops that's it now that for me is always money that's goosebumps i don't think anything in this league knife. i don't think anything can beat a, a buzzer beater three no definitely not and as much as it hurt last week to watch luca magic do it in our friggin' hearts it mm. was uh it was still incredible to watch. <laughs> that's, that's, too fair. That's, that's, that's one of the amazing things about the NBA, though, isn't it? It's like yeah. anything can happen. I mean, and, and like it's just so, it's such a watchable league in, in general. It's great. It's fantastic because of that very reason. You can watch any team. So you're you're in agreeing on that one as well, Tim. Big a, a big three. Nothing nothing better. Love a good poster, but. There's there's nothing there's nothing better than that buzzer beater three. Yeah. Steph Curry, like I, I don't know, I just think. To get to watch Ray Allen and then, or like in the 90s, catch the end of Re- Reggie Miller's career, then watch Ray Allen and now have Steph Curry. It's just like it's, and to watch each of them gradually change the game to a point where it's like the three, you know, <laughs> they've almost, because people try to be like that, they've almost rendered the mid range shot obsolete. But it's just, yeah, the three point shot is just, I think, the greatest part of the NBA, even though some people think it's ruining it. Yeah. So uh, I know that you said that you became a Celtics fan in the early 2000s, but you've done what seems to me like plenty of research on Celtics and and uh, their history. So my question here is, which do you prefer, 90s basketball or the current state of the league? So that's a good question. Um, things both got their positive and negatives. I think, you know, these days... It's so, it's so reliant on the three ball. Yeah. In the 90s, it was just, oh, you know, where you've got like the Detroit Pistons and just the aggressiveness. and So physical. Yeah, so physical. I mean, that, that's one thing it. I miss. That's one thing I miss about today's game. It's not as physical and yeah. don't get me started on the referees. I so couldn't agree more. <laughs> so I would say that's a tough one, to be honest. I mean, I, I mean... Yeah, that's that's a tricky one. That is a really tricky one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the '90s. I am gonna go to the '90s, just solely based on, you know, the aggressiveness and yeah, just the physicality of the league was so much better. And obviously, you had MJ and Kobe and KG, Paul Pierce. Like growing up into that kind of that era. Yeah, I I think for me because I grew up in that era as well. Yep. seeing those guys i would probably yeah i'd say 90s starting to seem like we all agree on a lot of this stuff here tim what do you got i'll i'll, I'll do a uh a not not a disagree but a morph i would love to just see today's nba with the 90s applied to it as a filter that would be great uh, um and uh nathan you said you're a uh you know you're, you're a so i bet you're a football guy over there you know uh who's your who's your team i, well, I support cardiff cardiff city Okay, so I, in my in, in my opinion, and I, I think Andrew, we've agreed with this. 
what we see the NBA, like today's NBA has kind of turned to is like, there's a lot of embellishing, like much like you see in football. Um, do you think it's like, kind of, do you see that it, like as someone who, you know, simply put knows football way better than I, I follow it lightly. I just got into it with pandemic, man, any sports, the best sport now, you know, I'm, I'm in on everything. <laughs> We've watched marble racing. Yeah. And FIFA, <laughs> FIFA got me into it as well too. So I, I've, I've really fell in love with the premier league and the champions league and everything like that. But it does, it does seem like, you know, I'm glad there's like flopping fines and stuff like that. Like I, I'm tired of it. And like, and obviously the officials are way too light anyway, but like, it feels like the league is leaning into like playing that to their advantage. And I know I say that fully knowing that, yes, I love Marcus Smart to death, but of course he's one of the more problematic people with that. Um, but yeah, do, do you see that connection to, to football, would you say, or is it, it's a kind of two different breeds? Yeah, no, in many aspects, you can see that because you can see like nineties football, uh, soccer, um, was aggressive filthy it was some of the tackles which would fly in were unbelievably horrendous and obviously when i was growing up i would play football all the time and um so i've gone through that era and you know we have a hard tackle and um similar in the nba where you you know just just let the guys play do you know what i mean like just let them be a bit more physical a bit more aggressive with each other totally um as long as they're not you know swinging hands like i mean let's just 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 let them let them go at it yeah that's the whole point you know and um, I think yeah, I think the league's got a little bit soft in that sense. I mean, but, they're grown, they're grown men, and they are absolutely in the best shape that anybody could ever be. It's not like they can't take a bump, they can't take a, a shove. Like they, they act like it's the end of the world, and we all know that it's not. To push mm-hmm. over a two hundred and fifty to three hundred pound guy who's all muscle, it takes a little bit more than that. Let's be real. Yeah, definitely. I, I, and I just think as well, like this this day and age, the referees are so inconsistent. Um, they'll give a you know they'll, they'll give a call at one end and then 20 seconds later they'll go down the other end have the same scenario and not give it and I think right. that's the know, hardest part honestly it's the, yeah, it's the inconsistency because it's like I can buy into the program if you're calling it soft like all right this sucks but fine like whatever I'm in just as soon as they let like a hard foul go on the other end it's just like it's infuriating and that's what sets me off is the inconsistency mm, definitely and it's I think that's it's kind of like what you said just you know having the you know the three ball and that kind of playmaking from today's game mixed with the physicality of the 90s i think what a hell of a nba or what a hell of a league that would be all right so my last one i got here is going into the playoffs would you prefer to be the favorite or the underdog Everyone loves an underdog, don't they? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. why he's the Boston <laughs> yep. Brit, dude. That's why he's the Boston Brit, man. Hell yeah. Everyone loves an underdog. I'd want to be an underdog, 100%, because your expectations, are, you know, and from the media and from... Cause, I mean, the media can put so much pressure on it. What you got to realise as well is that these guys are human. These guys are... You know, we watch them on the TV, etc. We go watch them in the arenas. They've actually got feelings. Not People right. just forget that they're actual human beings and having pressures on them consistently you know that can affect you so being an underdog you haven't got that you can just perform do your business and and then hopefully come out on top so yeah man 100% underdog uh, yeah I, I think we're all completely in an ag- in agreement on that one that's definitely the way to go had, I think we had one rip yeah <laughs> hey when he comes in talking about how Paul Pierce is his favorite player of all time and he wishes Isaiah Thomas was on the team I mean what's gonna go wrong you know like yeah <laughs> We were set up for for greatness this whole podcast. So, yeah, man. well, look, I, I really appreciate you joining us. As I said at the top of this episode, yeah. everybody make sure to check out the Boston Brit on Instagram and and social media, and obviously the UK Celtics podcast. Definitely check that out as well. Uh, it was, you know, we've been looking forward to getting you on here for a bit since we've been talking about it, and really appreciate you taking some time to to come and talk to us. Honestly, honestly, thank you for having me on. I mean, it's always nice to uh, talk basketball, talk Celtics with like-minded people. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you guys are doing great things with your podcast as well. And it's, I know, it's, it's just great. It's just great to talk to to Celtics fans, really, from across the hey, world. Hey, man, so. we'll, we'll come back, honestly. Yeah, We'd love please. to have you back on. We can do less of a interview and just shoot shoot the shit on, on, on our team. Whatever. Yeah, 100%. 100% I mean, I'm, I'm, down, I'm down whenever, so... 
Strawberry we'll, Dan. Uh, maybe we'll check in, do a little playoff preview with you or something. Yeah, hopefully by the next time we're talking, we're uh, we're in a little bit better shape than under 500. That's for sure. I'd love to be above 500. Yeah. By that, time. <laughs> that would be a big. I'd be a huge fan of that. Yeah. As long as we don't have to bring up Jeff Teague, I'm all good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Remember, remember when he was going to be good for a second? What? That was such a weird tease. He could have sucked that first game. I, I, it's worse that he was good that first game. Right. You know? um, yeah, got your hopes it, up. Yeah, he's he he uh he baffles me. <laughs> and he goes off in like the last two arenas he plays it. Like he kind of had a game against the Pacers, and then all right, I think he didn't play as well against the Hawks, but he like. Know, looks like he's trying harder, so he feels more comfortable at, at his old homes. I don't know, whatever. Well, he might have closed down his burner account. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh, and real quick, I did want to say just the the greatest. I think the greatest graphic you've made is the uh, this uh, Semyon and uh, Pritchard, and also crazy that Antoine Walker and Paul Pierce or Ray Allen and Paul Pierce never accomplished that. The the six threes. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? That's that's it was mad. And to be fair, I had to. It took me a while to think of what I could do for that, to do for that for gra- for, for that graphic, but I think it came out all right in the end. Yeah, I'm a big fan for sure, man. Once again, everybody, check out his Instagram and and see the these graphics that we're talking about because they are they're unbelievable and and get yourself familiar with him because he's going to be back on and we're gonna we're gonna talk more Celtics and hopefully be in a better spot at that point. So thank you again, man. No worries, man. Appreciate it.